I don't have any real desire to get up on stage and perform of pe- in front of people. I've done it once back in high school. I was an actor in a play that was being written as we went along. Uh, I've mentioned that before. Um, Secret Police. I forget what the name it was called. It wasn't called Secret Police, but we were the Secret Police in some fictional, some fictional um, parody of a um, Soviet bloc country. It was a comedy, <laughs> comedy slash um, I don't know parody slash uh, dark humor. I guess film. I guess right or uh, play anyway. Um, and I'm sure I stunk. Uh, wasn't probably that bad, but, um, depending on which performance you caught, I was either too nervous or in the last performance I did at the provincials, uh, provincial play competition, um, my voice broke (laughs) on stage. So, uh, and I was also, I also lost my voice. So that was a great performance, but I always admire those who work in that field. And I don't know, I've thought about this a few times and I've tried to approach it and tried to figure it out. And I can, I can sort of come to a reasonable, um, description of what I admire so much and, um, a sort of combination of features that, that, um, that thrill me about theater. But I, I, I don't know. There's something more visceral than that. I, I I went to a play tonight. I was supposed to go to two today. I didn't go to the earlier matinee. Um, but the matinee performance is one where it's it's where the world's done as a theatrical performance. And I went to the dress rehearsal already. And tomorrow I'm going to be recording the actors in studio to create a radio version of their theatrical performance of the original radio play. Uh, the play that I saw tonight was a theater UNB production. Um, UNB, University of New Brunswick, Fredericton has a pretty good, a pretty good drama program. Um, Len Falkenstein, who's the master of that program, director of drama and, and has been doing so for a long time, was actually recently honored by his peers in a big ceremony, um, recognizing the fantastic work he's done with numerous levels of theater. So these productions tend to be pretty good, um. I've also had the pleasure of paying attention to theater in the city um, really quite a lot over the last decade or so. And so I've gotten to see some of the actors and performers numerous times in numerous productions. And you get to, to look forward to some of these people um, in, in, in doing what they're doing. And uh, tonight was another great example. The play was called uh, Perfect Arrangement. Uh, I forget the play right offhand, but... And as has become tradition for me, I reached out and got an interview. Um, prior to this, I spoke to one of the actresses, uh, an understudy, and the technical director. Uh, I'd also previously spoken to one of the other lead actors, uh, two of the other lead actors, actually. Um, and the other three I don't think I'd spoken to before. Six people in the cast. Um and so I got. I, I I like to talk to people who work in theater to ask them all those questions about what they're doing, um, because I always learn something new, and I I don't mind asking some of the same fundamental questions. Um, talking to the technical director, we talked about the set. We also talked about the sort of AV role that was playing in this one. The play is set in the 1950s in the McCarthy era. Um, it's set between. 
essentially two couples or really all family um, or found family, if you will. Um, and the two couples are masquerading so that the, the same sex couples can have a life together. So they're neighbors and they're intertwined lives. But of course, they're doing so secretly uh, because in the 1950s, that was not seen as an acceptable thing. And in fact, the one male of the family uh, and one of the females, the, the, the male of one couple and the female of the other couple, man of one couple, I don't know why I'm saying it that way. Anyway, um, both work in the Ministry of Defense, specifically working um, to weed out initially communists and later on, in fact, are targeting all what they're referred to as deviants, which includes um, same-sex uh, relationships. And it is a, it ostensibly is a comedy, or was a comedy, and there are some very, very comedic bits in it, but it's also very serious and has an incredible uh, ending of of just how one character had lost everything by the very end and lost, and this is very much a tragedy. He lost it. They lost it because of their own flaws, if you will. Um, and it, 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 it's a very moving uh, as well performance. Very well staged. They had, it was written um, to kind of be like you're watching a 50s sitcom. So they break the fourth wall and do advertisements from time to time. The, 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 the addition they did, the technical director did, is the scene transitions are stage dark and then a, tra- a projector overhead showing a commercial of that day with the commercials increasingly becoming more serious as they start to reflect the McCarthyism and, and the, uh, the paranoia and so forth. So very brilliantly put together. Um, very, uh, very keen to see actors kind of taking the full emotional range on stage and just seeing how well they embody these characters staying in character. There was one case where one of the actors was definitely turning his head away from the audience as he was just about to laugh. It's also funny where you laugh in a film, in a play like that, because there are are moments where at least one of the characters who kind of gets to deliver some of the more outrageous lines that are really ironic in, in many ways and, and hyperbolic, but they're, they could also be taken very seriously. And, it was that point where I kind of realized some people were laughing and I wasn't sure if I wanted to laugh or not. Um, and I don't remember any of the lines. <laughs> Otherwise, I would try to deliver one badly. But um, it was very interesting to see how that was done and, and how you could take that in different directions depending on how you did it. But because the character had a bit of a histrionic uh, nature, um, catastrophizing but also exaggerating – it kind of felt like it was meant to be a comedic moment. And that actor also has done a lot of comedic roles. Um, he, he, he's he's a, a character with a baby face, so he gets cast as a young person a lot of the time. Um, but he also just has that, that very good skill of being adept at, at being lost a little bit. Um, this character wasn't quite as lost as some of his other characters. I've also seen him do serious roles, so it's not like, it is him uh, typecast or anything like that. It's just that he's very good at that um, and very smart roles as well. But, uh, you know, very wonderful actors. Two of the, the three of the actors of the six I, I also know as veteran actors, and I've seen them in numerous performances over the last decade. Um, the other three I couldn't vouch in the same way, but I, I, I think at least one of them. Sorry, seven actors. Wait, 
Yeah, seven actors. I forgot one of the actors, uh, the actress who was another veteran. I, I believe I've talked to her as well. But just delightful. Uh, <clears throat> the experience of theater, like I said, I, I've, I've, I've manufactured reasonable answers that, I, that resonate with me. Things like it's the, the magic that's created on stage when storytelling um, taps into that part of your brain which fills in all the details yourself. You know, you forget about the audience, you forget about the stage. And yet the, the audience on stage, they're very much part of this. The, 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 the mastery of where things are on the stage and the placement and light and the, the notion that you are looking in on the stage is very important. Um, the audience reaction, um, numerous times I've gone even just to a film and the, the being at a good film with an audience is a better experience than watching it at home on your own or, or being in a, in a room with a bad audience or with a bad, sorry, a bad movie with a big audience. So there's something important about that as well. There's, um, it's, you know, in the, in the, in the early days. And in fact, this, this show kind of, kind of mocks that they, they introduce uh, you know, perfect arrangement, of the show filmed in front of a live studio audience, which of course is us. But the, the reason they did that and the reason they had laugh tracks later on was to give you permission to laugh, to, to make you feel like you're, it's okay to laugh because others are laughing along. And the funny thing is now I can't stand that. Um, I've tried to watch, you know, when I was a kid, I watched uh, three's company all the time. Can't stand it more than a couple of minutes because of the laugh track now. So strange. Um, and yet I, I still enjoy an audience laughing around me. I still try to make up my mind about whether I'm laughing along with them or not. The other one that I, I skipped is one that I'd seen the dress rehearsal of, as I said. But I've got to pack this up because it's almost quarter to one. I have to be in st studio and ready to go by 9.30 tomorrow morning. It was originally going to be one o'clock and it still will be for all the other actors, but one of the actors couldn't make it at, at that time. So sorry about the hiccuping. So I've, I've got to get, uh, I've got to get done. So I've been wondering out loud. I'm Mark Dean Caffinated one. I do love theater. I love storytelling. I mean, I was engaged in storytelling in so many ways today. I've been listening to the, um, the 13 days of Halloween, the, the third or fourth edition. Might, yeah, it might be the fourth edition called Penance. That's a very good one. It's been done by Grim and Mild with uh, Blumhouse. Um, Grim and Mild does uh, Lore. That's, um, I forget his name offhand, uh, Aaron Aaron Mankey's production company. And Blumhouse, well known for doing uh, uh, horror films. This is always a very interesting radio experience. Uh, I read physically, well, sort of, I read on my Kindle app on my phone. I was reading uh, Wool. I'm still going through that book, really enjoying that, very much engaged in that one. In fact, that was what I did as I was sitting in my seat waiting for the play to start and as I sat in my seat waiting for the intermission to end, I was reading Wool. Um, and I've been watching TV. I, I You know, I'm, I mean, it's Halloween season, so there's great specials on, but I'm also really enjoying the return of Surreal Estate, um, there, I'm watching older episodes, but surprisingly good. Um, Zach Baggins' museum of odd museum. I forget what it's called. Um, as well as creep show has a new season out. Um, the, uh, the something, something, something by John Carpenter this year. 
And there's another one I was watching, too, that had that sort of anthology sort of thing. Anyway, it's a good season. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just absorbing all of the stuff that I can. And very shortly, my attention will turn towards uh, Hallmarkian romance movies, including, I think, my attempt to write a short audio script. Because I've got some people that might be interested in producing something. I don't know if it's going to be. I'm kind of thinking it could be a Hallmarkian thing. I don't know if they would go for that because they are not necessarily. I don't know them well enough to know if they're Hallmarkian people. Um, and, of course, the editing of my own manuscript story for Christmas. Oy. I love story. What can I say? I'll take more. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>